number three of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where each and every Sunday night we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She's broadcasting from Alabama. I'm doing so from outside Los Angeles, California. And uh, Leah, in this hour, at least at the start of this hour, I want to talk about a few things that have been going on here in California. Because uh, this is obviously uh, not just a, the largest state, but the screwiest state in many ways. And uh, we are on in not just Los Angeles on KRLA, but also in San Diego and in Sacramento, where much of the insanity begins, because that's the state capital of California. Although uh, I want to start off by by talking about an issue where, where I actually agree <laughs> uh, with what appears to be happening uh, out of Sacramento. And that is the issue of California passing, although it's still uncertain what the governor Jerry Brown is going to do with this, passing the so-called Death with Dignity Act, where, for a lack of a better term, uh, people in California would have the same basic rights that people, for instance, in Oregon have, which is to end their lives through physician-assisted suicide. Now, I don't know that we have ever really talked very much about this in the past. I'm not sure I know what, where you stand on this. Oh, but, I'm all for it. Okay. Well, as a libertarian, I'm, I'm libertarian-minded. I've, I refer to myself as a libertarian conservative. I've never understood the concept of preventing people from being able to end their suffering. I've never gotten that. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I get a little bit the fear of... It getting out of hand or out of control or the slippery slope, I get that. However, I've always felt, and I'm a big slippery slope guy. I mean, I talk about the slippery slope all the time. Uh, and it's, it's, to me, it's one of those things that liberals don't understand in so many ways. But I've always felt that the human drive to survive and to live is so strong that it's one of the few areas that we don't need to worry so much about the slippery slope. You follow me? Where, where because we are so driven to keep ourselves alive that it's hard for me to understand a situation where this kind of a law will be taken advantage of and people will be, you know, having their lives ended when they don't really want to have it ended. I don't think that's what the worry is. What do you think, think the worry? Is? The worry is that someone will do it to you. Well, that's. I, mean, I guess we're trying to. I guess we're kind of saying the same thing. I mean, in other words, if if when you say that someone will do it to you when you don't yeah. want to have it happen, right? Correct. Your husband, your wife, right? You know, I mean, someone like that. Oh no, uh, you know, they wanted to do it. They had their right to die. Well, this and is so clearly <clears throat> it's got to be very well regulated. It has to be done in in a very organized fashion. It has to be done in an official capacity. Uh, this is one of the very few areas where I, I wouldn't have a big problem with a lot of red tape. Right. Um, you know, there's got to be, you know, the proper procedures, waiting period and all that. But, you know, to me, this is going to be um, one of the defining issues of our time. And it's because we're living too long. And we can't afford it. Right. I mean, that's we, we must <laughs> accept that reality that we are living far too long and we cannot afford it. So yeah. it's it's an economic issue as well as a, a, a lack of a better term, dignity issue. I mean, I personally, now granted, I might change my mind when I get to this age, but I personally have never had much interest at all at, at living past, say, the age of 70. I mean, to me, 
I, you know, I've always said, uh, you know, if I can't play golf or have sex at a, at, a, at a reasonable level, then what's the point? I mean, what what is the flipping point? Well, one of I those mean, has already been fixed, so you you know that's fine, and I'm yeah. sure they'll come up with a golf thing by the time you're 70. Nah, so nah, you have nah, to have different goals. Now, now there's a difference between being able to have sex and being able to have sex. Okay, I mean, let, let's be serious. I mean, I, I I have no I have no interest in subsistence. Right? I I I used to be a really good golfer. Once I can't break 80 anymore, there's no point. If I can't break 80 in the bedroom either, there's no point. What? Why? Why bother? I mean, so I mean, it's just uh, maybe I just have higher standards than some people. But no, uh, but my, see, I could see that before, but now you're a dad. You know, well, now you're a dad. It that, changes everything. I agree with that that's that's certainly a wild card but my but by the time i'm 70 my daughter's going to resent the hell out of me anyway so <laughs> what what's the that's not going to be as major a factor as it might be now i mean it would be clearly a huge huge i mean i would have to be in unbearable 24/7 pain with a 3-year-old daughter to take my life i mean, that that's clear but you know, once she's 25 and you know she doesn't care about me anymore, yeah, it, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but more importantly, forget about John Ziegler. This is going to be uh, demographically. This is a, 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 an enormous issue that we're pretending doesn't exist. Right. Uh, and and just from an economic standpoint, it is staggering. Not just the cost of the aging of America, but Statistically, it's that last year of life where almost all the health care costs are. And, yeah. and almost all of it is for nothing. It is, it is for a, a, a level of life that is pointless. And, and I guess I'll just leave this topic for now on this issue or this, this aspect of it. I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but to me, I, I'm, always, I'm big into endings. I don't know why. I don't know what, maybe it's because my mother was killed in a car accident, and so there was no ending, right? And so that might be part, but I, but I have a sense that I felt this way before my mother was killed in a car accident. But re- regardless of why it is, to me, it is so stupid that we needlessly not only allow people to suffer greatly and waste an enormous amount of money, we also don't allow them to pick the end point of their life. Because right. think think about how much better and more peaceful that would be if you were able to set a date. Oh, oh my gosh. If I knew the exact date that I was going to die, I would pay a lot of money for that right. I really would. I mean, that would make life a hell of a lot easier. Get your affairs in order. You know, say goodbye to everybody. You know, not have to worry about running out of money. I mean, it's just it's just sensible and logical. And this allows for that and so i you know it'll be ironic because jerry brown rarely does anything i agree with so the one time that the crazy legislature out of sacramento passes something that makes sense he'll probably veto it because that's correct he probably will because he's a catholic so getting back to the catholic thing so um anyway i just all the pope will be forgiven that stuff too you just wait right yeah well all right so when we come back though i want to continue because there's a couple other crazy things going on uh, in California, which I do not agree with. One dealing with free speech. I wrote a book called The Death of Free Speech, which I had no idea was going to be as prophetic as it has been. And there's further proof of that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And we're basically uh, starting this hour by taking a tour through the insanity that is the news of the week in California, uh, where I broadcast from and uh, where we're on on three different stations in San Diego, Los Angeles, <clears throat> and in Sacramento. And By the way, that Valley Fire, I'm sitting here watching it. Uh, it is unbelievable what's going on. And I don't even know where that is. Where, where, where yeah. is the Valley Fire? Well, it's in, uh, they say right now it's in Main Street. Middletown is burning. Oh, that's in Northern California. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This thing has, they, they said that they have not seen a fire. It's 40,000 acres in 17 hours. Wow. Okay. It's unreal. Well, uh, this is fire season in California. We have not had much rain at all for a very long time, obviously in a drought. And uh, that sounds like a terrible situation. But uh, one of the bedrock principles of this program, of several, is that uh, we are in a dire situation regarding our free speech rights in this country. And I wrote a book about this called The Death of Free Speech back in 2005. And... I honestly had no idea how right I was when I wrote the book. Uh, I did not predict. It's kind of like Donald Trump. I knew that was going to be trouble. I had no idea it was going to be this much trouble this fast. Because uh, I would not have predicted that 10 years later, free speech would be this imperiled. And one of the reasons why I knew we were in trouble when it came to free speech, Leah, is that an institution that used to be a bastion of free speech academia has actually turned into a weapon against free speech because liberals are the least liberal people that there are, right? especially in academia. They are all for tolerance except for other people's opinions who disagree with them. Correct. And this week, the University of California Board of Regents, which is a very powerful group, is going to meet and vote on a proposed statement of principles against intolerance. In other words... Okay, a statement of principles against intolerance. Right. Essentially, they're going okay. to be voting on whether or not to declare a new right, a new right for students and faculty to not be upset by the speech of others. I'm not making this up. Now, this, this is... This starts off okay. Here's here's the story. The University of California is committed. This is their this is the statement. This is the the proposed statement of principles against intolerance. Starts off okay. The University of California is committed to protecting its bedrock values of respect, inclusion, and academic freedom. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. Free expression and the open exchange of ideas, principles enshrined in our national and state constitutions are part of the university's fiber. Good. I like that. That's all, good. We're all good. We're, we're on Check. board so far. Here's where it starts to go downhill fast. So, too, is tolerance and University of California students, faculty, and staff must respect the dignity of each person within the UC community. Intolerance has no place at the University of California. We define intolerance, this is where it really starts to go downhill, as unwelcome conduct motivated by discrimination against or hatred toward other individuals or groups. Does that include anti-abortion groups? Oh, I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, It may take the form of acts of violence, okay, fine, or intimidation, eh, I'm a little hazy on that. Subjective. Threats. 
harassment. Now we're really getting it watered down. And here's the key one. Hate speech. Hate speech. Or get this. This is the this is the this is the clincher. So you know, it, it literally is going down. Uh, you know, the cascade. It's got a cascade of mountain. Like two of, different of, people wrote this. Right. Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> l- l- listen. Just go through this again. It may take the form of acts of violence. All right. Intimidation. Okay. Threats. Harassment. We're watering it down. Hate speech. And then we finish it off with derogatory language reflecting stereotypes or prejudice or inflammatory or derogatory use of culturally recognized symbols of hate, prejudice, or discrimination. What the hell are you left allowed to say? I mean, that is everything. That is absolutely everything. You can, if you want to, you can define any criticism any criticism as falling under derogatory language reflecting stereotypes of prejudice or inflammatory derogatory use of culturally recognized symbols of hate, prejudice, or discrimination. But, of course, inherent in all this is none of that applies to conservatives. Yeah, they, they might as well just said, oh, by the way, white people and conservatives need not apply because we're not going to protect you from right. any of this hatred. Because we're the ones with the hate speech, right. obviously. Right. Well, it's, it, they might as well be saying, <laughs> you know, this is a way for us to keep conservatives in line. That's really what this is. It's so, and and I, I've, I've said from day one, this is where I was, Prescient. I have said from day one the whole concept of hate crimes was going to be used to create hate speech and that hate speech would be the loophole through which all freedom of expression would be destroyed. Correct. And that's what's, that is what's happened. And it's, it's happening every day. And it's not just theoretical. It is no longer theoretical. Every single week, there's another example, and it's almost always a white person, usually a white male, usually a white male conservative. Kurt Schilling was last week. Uh, this week, it's another sports figure. Did you hear what, what happened at, at Pace University? Did you hear no, about this? I have this? no idea what happened oh at Pace. Oh, my gosh. This is... Every time something like this happens, we seem to reach a new level of insanity. The football captain at Pace University has been suspended. By the way, I can't even figure out from the news stories what the hell that means. Suspended for the year from the team, suspended from school. He has been suspended because his apparently his ex-girlfriend leaked a private photograph of him wearing the Confederate flag and giving what appears to be the Nazi salute. Oh, good gosh. He did not post this on social media. It was clearly a joke. He's smiling. Everybody who was involved in it says it was a joke. And he's suspended. His senior year. Football captain. Apparently a great guy. By the way, interestingly, if the same photo had been found of Donald Trump, he'd be at 45% in the GOP primary <laughs> right now. More when we come back. I do the, believe that. More when we come back on the John Alia show. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. 
And Leah, I want to continue um, with the uh, the insanity in academia, especially here in California. Although the, the the story that I referenced in the last segment was not in California; it's in New York, Pace University. I I wanted to add a little bit more detail to this because this really got me upset. Um, you know, this was a guy, a captain of the football team at Pace University, a guy by the name of uh, Tyler Owens. By all accounts, a good guy. He, he's getting ready for his senior football season. And all of a sudden, a photograph of him, he doesn't put this on social media, which I think is a big distinction, right? I mean, if you if you don't broadcast... No. no, there's no distinction. If you've ever done it in your life and there's a photograph of it and it gets shown around, you're guilty. But well, It doesn't matter if you well, post it or not. Well, what I'm talking about is the way things ought to be, all right? There, there, right. there ought to be a difference between just taking a photograph and deciding, hey, this is something I want to make public and I'm going to broadcast to my Twitter followers or my friends on Facebook. He didn't do that. And instead, so this photograph of him wearing the Confederate flag as a, on, his ha- on his head and on his body and giving, I don't know where people decided this was the Nazi salute, but he's putting his hand up. He's clearly joking. Somebody put on the photograph, which I doubt was him, the, the phrase, the grand wizard, as if, yeah. as if that has something to do with, you know, the Ku Klux Klan. No evidence at all. He put the grand wizard on the photograph, no, didn't post it anywhere. His ex-girlfriend apparently leaks it, although she's denying it, but she's denying it in a way that makes me think she did it because she's claiming it's not a big deal that she did it or that, you know, it doesn't matter if she was the one that did it. That, to me, tells me <laughs> that she did it. Um, it, it. It goes, it gets, it gets publicized through an African-American group, which then tells me it's politicized, and he gets suspended, again, I've tried hard to figure out what the hell that means. Was he suspended for one game? Was he suspended for the season? Uh, Was he suspended from school? But here's the part that's the most absurd. I mean, this is literally insane. The university president at Pace, President Stephen Friedman, issued not just a public statement, sent an email to the entire school. The entire school, because a photograph was taken of a joke of their football captain in the Confederate flag giving some sort of a salute. And this was the statement. I mean, this is a college president. Quote, the photograph is highly offensive and contrary to the values of diversity, inclusiveness, and embracing the ethnic and cultural differences among students, although not white (laughs) students, faculty faculty and staff that are deeply held at Pace University. That is especially true. This, this This is the kicker. Deeply held. Wait a minute. This is the kicker, Leah. That is especially true at this time when states throughout the country are recognizing the symbolic offensiveness of displaying the Confederate flag. What the hell? But then my favorite line, this is the next line of the article that I'm, I'm reading from. The school is currently investigating the situation. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Aren't you supposed to do that first? Don't no. You, don't you think no. you should do an investigation first before the you... investigation starts with a rush to judgment? Didn't you know that? That's step one. Rush yeah. to judgment. In academia, that's what it is. That's the step one of all investigations. <laughs> rush, rush to judgment. Rush to the popular misjudgment. Whatever the popular <laughs> misjudgment is, we must immediately go there, and then if we have to later on, maybe we'll revisit, but probably not, because then we'll move on to other things. I mean, that yes. is. 
It's and a, we'll never admit that we're wrong. No. I mean, and people think I'm crazy because the Penn State scandal was a scam. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. This is academia. This is the way they work. Please blame us for crap we didn't do. This is because it's, it's the liberal mentality. It's and, crazy. Uh, and, I mean, look, they're ripping down statues at the University of Texas. Of course they're going to be mad because their football player is wearing a Confederate flag. I, again, in a private photograph, leaked probably by his girlfriend, that he didn't post. It was a joke. No, but it's I, the real him, don't you understand? Yeah, I, it's the but, real okay, him. All right, but you really think that a black player, I know you don't, but if a black player uh, could could be dressed in the most racist regalia possible with the most could put out the most racist post on Facebook imaginable and nothing oh, you mean would like happen. Kanye West walking right. around in a Confederate flag? Would nothing would ever happen. <laughs> of no, course not. No, nothing would ever happen. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's funny because for a while I thought Boy, wouldn't it be awesome to be a young man in this culture, right? Because, you know, girls are a heck of a lot more fun than they were when I was a kid. Uh, you know, <laughs> to say the least. The, the technology is makes life a lot easier. But then I realized college must suck. You're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to have sex now without a written consent form with your girlfriend. I mean, that's literally in California. You're not allowed without written consent. In fact, there was a con- did you hear about this congressional hearing this week, Leah? This was unbelievable. A congressional hearing on campus sexual assault. Uh, there was a, a Colorado Democrat by the name of Jared Polis who actually said that the standard of proof for sexual assault on campuses is too high at 50.1%, you know, burden of proof, you know, preponderance right. of the evidence, mm-hmm. that it ought to be 20 or 30%. That ought to be enough. To be able to convict somebody in the in the in the in the you know, academic arena of sexual assault, and at this congressional hearing, the crowd applauded. Cheered. Oh yes, they applauded. Oh, yes. So yeah. in other words, if there's a 20% chance, 20%. In other words, if there's an 80% chance that the person is lying about being sexually assaulted, that's jail. That's good enough. Your life is destroyed. You are kicked out of school. You are. You're forever given, you know, the scarlet letter of a of a, a sexual criminal, predator, whatever you want to call it, and you've got to, you know, you and in, on the, in the internet age, that's with you forever. You you never now, escape that. And, I don't understand where this is coming from. Are these men haters? Oh, where, yeah. Where's it coming from? All of these uh, rape accusations that get high profile turn out to be false. They almost all are because rape. Um, let's face, and this is incredibly politically incorrect. But, but, but I don't uh, understand where and, it's and, coming from. And, and nobody is more against rape of any kind than I am. All right, and it's absurd that I even need to say that. But of the of the many fallacies about the so-called rape culture, is the idea, and I realize. Rape isn't about sex, John. It's about power. It's about hatred of women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, from a purely logistical perspective, rape is not nearly as easy as without physical violence, in which case if you have physical violence, you have evidence, okay? Right? So, so rape without evidence is far more difficult than we have been led to believe by a liberal agenda, which is men are bad. Masculinity is bad. Oh, Women, yeah, that's right. That's it's, a, right. it's a war on maledom 
or masculinity. Okay. That's what it's about. Anything that's male is bad because, you know, it tends to be more conservative. I mean, it's, it's all about politics. And I'm not talking about Democrats and Republicans. I'm talking about the philosophy of those people who are in charge. Testosterone has been criminalized. That's what it is. And look, there's that group that wants to take out urinals because they're offensive. So they're uh, everything's offensive now. I mean, a liberal will be offended by anything if they if they put their mind to it. I, I mean, I wish they would put their mind to something that could actually be productive. Um, but it's it, it's just it, it's amazing to me that this is happening with no blowback. None. Because why? Because it's mostly happening to white men, and white men have been castrated. White men are so afraid of their own shadow, they won't stick up for people like the guy from Pace University or Kurt Schilling or, or whoever it is that this week it's, gets you know crucified as a white male. They won't do it because they're afraid it's going to happen to them. And so yes. it keeps happening, and it keeps happening. And I keep screaming about it. No one's listening. It's driving me crazy. All right, when we come back, um, am I the last white man with any balls? Seriously. Seriously. Am I, am I the last hey, white man look, with any balls? It, look. Answer it me. Be. Am I the last white man? What happened? When Did I not get the castration memo? Did, did, did Listen, I, did they Donald not Trump has balls. Water? Donald Trump has them. Yeah. You're not the, li- the last. There are many, All right. many. Am, am I the last white male who's not rich who has balls? Okay, but you are rich. <laughs> That's the thing. In comparison look, to if, who? Look, if you have, quote, some family money, I'm sorry, you are a step above, and I believe it gives you bigger balls. I think your ball size is in relation to your bank account. Well, you haven't seen my bank account lately. <laughs> Trust me. In proportion, if you're using that as the, the the standard in proportion, especially in comparison to Trump's, my balls are way bigger than Trump's. Okay. I cannot I cannot believe we've we've now digressed into a, the the topic discussion of the size of my balls in comparison to Donald Trump's. But uh, somehow we'll top that when we return in the final segment of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. If you missed any of the program, you can catch our podcasts Monday morning. They'll be up via SoundCloud at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. They're outstanding podcasts. In fact, they're so good. I think sometimes they give people an incentive not to listen to us live, but... Please forget I ever said that. Um, in this last hour of the program, we always try to throw in something from our from our real lives because both Lee and I live pretty strange and interesting lives sometimes. Uh, and one of the things that makes my life most interesting is the fact that I have a three-year-old daughter. And Leah, um, I got to tell you that I don't know whether this is the normal. It probably is normal. Uh, at this age, and her name is Grace, at this age... She is changing and growing exponentially fast. And, yeah. I, and like every week now, she's a different person than she was the week before. And I'm not just talking about, you know, growth is physically, although she's growing physically incredibly fast, but just 
it's inc- you're starting to actually see what kind of a person she is. You yeah. know, as you're unwrapping the the present, if you will, of the of mm-hmm. this kid that you made, you're starting to figure out, okay, well, what's she like? Um, you know, is she smart? Is she funny? What's her worldview? And I've been amazed at the stuff that kids uh, understand no, today. Oh, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, it's, it is. It is truly unbelievable. And so one of the more interesting things that my daughter uh, has said numerous times is that she doesn't want to grow up, that she hates growing up. <laughs> now, again, this is a three year and two and a half months to almost three years, I guess, three years and three months old. OK, so she's a young three year old and she is constantly saying, Daddy, I don't want to grow up. I hate growing up. I don't want to grow up. Now, part of this is well, she's smart. Well, I don't have anything to compare it to, and of course, every parent's going to want to believe that their child is smart, except I know she can't be because I know she's the child of my, me and my wife, and neither of us are particularly smart. So, they're, you know, they're, so I'm saying she doesn't want to grow up. Boy, I wish I never had to grow up. <laughs> well, that, okay, so this is where I want to go with this. This is where I want to go with this. So I'm trying to figure out what does she mean by this? Because this is fascinating, right? I mean, so why don't you want to grow up? Now, the first inclination was, well, my, my wife really emphasizes how great it was when Grace was a baby. Because my wife wants a second baby, which unfortunately isn't going to happen, which is going to cause massive problems in our marriage, which is another story for another day. But the point is, Grace knows that to mom, being a baby is where it's at. Okay? So, <laughs> okay. so, so that, that was part of what I figured was her mentality as to why she was saying, I don't want to grow up, I hate growing up. But as I got deeper into it, it took an interesting turn because she would say, I don't want to grow up. There's no magic here, Dad. <laughs> now, and I'm like, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> in other words, my daughter is so smart, she has figured out, that it's way better to stay young because the real world isn't like the world she's been taught on Disney Channel because there's no real magic here, so it's better to stay three years old. That's what I'm thinking in my head, right? Yeah. Now, my wife thinks I'm crazy. She thinks that, no, this can't be because that would be way, 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 way too deep uh, thinking for a three-year-old. And I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe that's the case. So uh, just the other day, I once again got into a conversation with her about – not wanting to grow up. And so I decided I'm going to tape it to see whether or not I can have proof that she has connected the fact that there's no magic here <laughs> to not wanting to grow up. And so here's a portion of me videotaping my daughter, Grace. So, Gracie, how come you don't want to grow up? Why don't you want to grow up? Because I don't. Why? I hate growing up. Why? I told my mom that. But why don't you want to grow up? What's wrong with this place? It doesn't have magic. What do you mean it doesn't have magic? But it doesn't. All right, so so that was basic. That was a, a somewhat different version of the same conversation she and I have had several times, where she she connects the lack of magic in you know this world that we're living in or or here whatever she means by here to why she doesn't want to grow up now what now what's your interpretation of that leah i think she's looking at your life and your wife's life and she's like i don't want to grow up 
So, so you're taking my interpretation, which is, look, I've seen enough. <laughs> There's no magic <laughs> there. There is no magic here. <laughs> I want the Disney World life. Yep. So I don't want to yep. go. Now, that was that was where I was, because I'm thinking, why would she say this constantly? I mean, she has said this almost every single time she says, I don't want to grow up. She has connected it to the lack of magic. When did she start the, uh, I don't want to grow up? Was it about the time your wife started talking about working? Uh, the, I don't want to grow up has happened for a few months. Okay. Um, but you know what? It could be connected to that. Maybe she connects my wife having to go back to work with real life. I don't know. But but here's where, so so this is where it gets interesting and kind of funny and where I think I ended up being wrong, uh, which is not that unusual, especially when, you know, I, I never am right when it comes to a discussion with my wife. Even when I am right, I'm still wrong. That's one of the <laughs> things I've learned. I, I never realized how dumb I was, um, <laughs> you know, until I got married. You see, I, before I got married, I used to win a, a, a debate or a conversation from time to time. I'm oh for the last five plus years since having gotten married. And my wife had a theory that, no, John, here's what's really probably happening. That Grace has a remarkable ability to memorize lines from movies and TV shows that she has seen, mm -hmm. um, which my wife also does. Like, I can't remember... Lyrics. I can't either. I can't remember. It's a talent. Lyrics from my favorite songs. I can't. Right. I can't remember. My wife, who, who's, <laughs> in a lot of ways, not that bright. Like for instance, she's horrible at math. I mean, she can't do fifth grade math, but she can tell you every word of every song she's ever heard. Um, Grace definitely is taking after her mom on, on that. So anyway, she says, "Are you sure? Are you sure that she's not memorizing a line?" And so I, I thought about it. And I think I figured out what really happened. Now, maybe there's, there might be some truth in the middle here. Maybe there is something to what you and I think was going on with Grace. But the reality is that one of Grace's favorite movies is Sleeping Beauty. And, okay. it's, and in Sleeping Beauty, there's a line towards the end of the movie where Sleeping Beauty is turning 16 and the, the fairy princesses that have been taking care of her. By the way, Sleeping Beauty is, I've become an expert in these stories. One of the dumbest stories <laughs> ever written, period. But that's another, that's another tale for another day. But so, so it, it, there's a scene in the movie where the, the fairy princesses are lamenting the fact that Sleeping Beauty is now all grown up, that she's 16 years old, and that they can't use their magic here no. Now, they can't use their magic here to help her. So, so I that to me was this that was the smoking gun of aha. Uh -huh. yeah. So, that's so it. so that you agree that that's it. So, oh, so, for sure, that's it. So she has connected the concepts of of growing up, not wanting or lamenting growing up on Sleeping Beauty and the concept of no magic. Because I don't know if you, you probably haven't watched Sleeping Beauty in a long time. But for some reason, the fairies decide to, to restrict their own magic uh, during her growing up period. But, of course, that breaks down later on in the story anyway. That's why it's such a dumb tale. I mean, if, if, of all the dumb Disney tales, Sleeping Beauty is the dumbest of all time. Here's all you need to know. So in Sleeping Beauty, for those of you who forget... <laughs> 
the whole deal is that the, the, the Sleeping Beauty has been cursed since birth, that at 16 she's going to prick her finger on a spinning wheel and die. So they send her away for the best 16 years of her life, away from her parents. They bring her back on her 16th birthday. So, so she can come back and die. So she can come back and die. Brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> but that's made millions must and millions. must have been of- Democrats that came up with that movie. <laughs> right. Leah, as always, Great talking to you. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Okay. Once again, the podcast can be found tomorrow at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. I'm John Zickler for Leah Brandon. It's the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.